welcome to this episode of The Square. This is actually part two of two episodes we're doing on design sprints. Uh, today I'm joined with Robbie Good, who is the Director of Branded Environments, and uh, Alexandra Ayers, who is a Project Design Manager and Senior Associate in the um, Phoenix Interior Studio. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So, Alexandra, tell me a little bit about, you know, why you are a designer. It's a hard question, really, when you think about it. Um, for me, it's really all about the people, and I think that's the most, I guess, the easiest way to say it. Um, what we do as designers really affects everybody in their everyday life, right? That interaction between people um, is all done by the way we've designed a space, and so it's really... Um, exciting that you know I have an influence on a lot of that um, throughout most people's workplace. Robbie, how about you? I mean, there's there's a lot of different career paths you can take. Why why a designer? Um, I think for me, it's all about creative problem solving. I think that's always been um, an interest of mine. I, I remember like in third grade being very interested in logic, and there's something interesting about like the combination of the physical space and graphic design that becomes very much kind of a logic problem, um, which is why I got into uh, environmental graphics and um, you know, signage and wayfinding in particular. Awesome. All right. So, so give me a little background on this project. In fact, actually, before we do that, I'm going to play for our video audience a 30-second teaser that was put together for... Um, the result of this design competition, which was called Para. Okay, so now that you've seen a little bit about what Para is, tell me a little bit about this project. I mean, you know, usually you're dealing with designing spaces, and this was actually designing an object. Yeah, so it was really um, interesting. We were kind of chatting over teams, and this opportunity, I, th I believe actually Robbie posted it, um, this kind of hand sanitizer competition. So it was really kind of an interesting take. It was something different than what we've ever kind of done. Um, and so a lot of people kind of chimed in and, and volunteered uh, to be a part of this group. And that's really kind of, I think, how it started originally um, and then just morphed into what it became. Yeah, I, the competition got posted and um, I just kind of spied it on, on my RSS feed and it was like this weird, you know, like kind of a picture looking thing that they were calling it the fountain of hygiene contest. And <laughs> like, that's kind of interesting. And it just, it kind of hit on some things we had been discussing on the uh, Design Advocates channel. And, um, you know, what wasn't, uh, it, personally, I wasn't planning to really get all that involved. But, um, you know, I think a group just sort of naturally coalesced around it. And, uh, became an awesome project. Well, so full disclosure, this was something that um, I found out, out found out about pretty early on. Was able to uh, be a fly on the wall for a lot of the design discussions that you guys had. It was really interesting um, how both how quickly and how diverse the group was that worked on this, especially considering. This all came about basically the week we were transitioning from everybody working in the office to working from home. Uh, tell me a little bit about the, the different people on the team. So I think um, there was a good range of, of diversity from different market sectors. And I think that was really, really unique because typically you wouldn't gather probably all of these people together for one particular project. But we had um, interiors represented, so myself, and then branded environments, Robbie. We had aviation. Uh, someone from aviation, so again, kind of a different take on on it. Um, and then, of course, our Hugo um, 
advocates were, were a part of it. And of course, Brandon joined in, as he said, a fly on the wall. So um, a, a very diverse group of people kind of coming together for this unique project. So, Robbie, when you saw this kind of come across your RSS feed, you know, again, typically you're used to dealing with big spaces and, and you know, graphics and, and, and wayfinding that is in, in a much larger scale. And this was for something, I think even from the very beginning, was always concepted to be something like a, the size of a wristwatch. What, what was it that kind of attracted you to that? Yeah, so... Um... I think for me, like I was, I was probably the only one on the team that had worked with something that's that's on a scale, you know, remotely close to this. You know, assign, you know, maybe the smaller ones are eight by eight, you know, four by eight, something like that. And um, I think compared to like uh, Thomas on our team who who had been working on airports and these like just massive uh, venues, you know, I think it was just a huge jump and. I know he in particular had had some interesting uh, insights as as far as the scale goes, um, but I think it was I think I feel like we all sort of uh, were able to relate to, um, you know, objects like the Apple Watch or or just you know even even common sanitizers that that are out on the marketplace like the the um, little plastic bottles that you can put on a keychain or. Um, you know things that things that you can find in the store already, and we just sort of we're trying to really wrap our heads around. Okay, how can we make that better? So, as you said, you had a diverse team. Um, you know, they were across different sectors and different states, different time zones. What were some of the challenges and benefits of of that? I would say probably challenges. I don't. I feel like we worked really well, so it's really hard to kind of think of some challenges. I would say probably time zones would probably be the only one of the one of the challenges. Understanding that we have different people in different time zones, so accommodating to people's schedules accordingly. Um, but honestly, I felt like we did pretty well um, that way in 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 regards to um, the cons. But I think the pros that were really good was that I feel like everybody, if you're in a an office, you know, and let's say there's so a couple people in, you know, Dallas and a couple people in Phoenix, sometimes it's hard to speak up um, or get your voice heard. And here, I think because everybody is on this virtual platform, everybody has that quick, easy saying, um, they could chime up when needed. Uh, so there, are, it's easier to just make your statement, so to speak, and, and whatever your point needs to be or your comment needs to be, it's easily heard, I would say. Yeah, I, I think we had, um, you know, there was a nice commonality because everybody was remote. I think it would have been a different story if, you know, Thomas and, and Alex had been like, you know, in the Phoenix office and we had been in the Dallas office. Like, I, I think it would have been uh, more interesting from like a charrette perspective and being able to like actually be in person and sketch and think, you know, think through that. I think that was one of the biggest challenges was figuring out like, how do we how do we sketch and charrette, you know, on a, on a team's call? But, you know, I, I think it, it worked out. I, I will say it was funny. I think there were times, you know, especially when Samantha and Tanya would get onto the team's channel and, you know, you could, you could look at it at lunch, right, and kind of get caught up. And then by 2 o'clock, somebody will have had an idea where one other person was on and all of a sudden, like, there's this whole other thread. But I do think the team did a really good job of, like, being mindful that, you know, it's a whole team of people and taking feedback and, and making sure, you know, it didn't get um, 
too off the rails in one direction or the other without getting everybody's input. So, so tell me a little bit, you know, the, you, you, with uh, the design sprints and quick designs, um, one of the things that we talked about in the earlier episode was um, balancing being thorough with being relevant and, and having this idea of um, doing design well, but doing it in a very short amount of time. Um, tell me a little bit about Robbie, some of those some of those challenges and how you think you struck that balance. Yeah, um, I think there were definitely um, in that in that short time frame, you really have to prioritize and think through. Okay, we're not going to have this detail worked out completely. Let's just let's just get it on the board. Let's you know have it look nice. Put the effort into just the visual, and you know we we don't necessarily need to work out every single mechanic and every single detail. And that, that's, that's actually really hard to do, especially, I think, in, in our industry. Um, but, I, but I think it's nice because you, you just sort of uh, you focus on, on what matters. And particularly in a competition, I feel like it's, it's so visual. Um, and, and I guess, you know, it's, it's hard to say how, how the judges are going to look at things like that. You know, would they have liked to see more detail? I, you know, I, I'm not sure. But um, I think it was just... An extremely fun creative process to work that way, and um, you know, in the end, we we end up with a really interesting product. So, Alexandra, one of the things that was kind of interesting about this competition is there was an initial deadline where you had just a week to do everything: the design, the submission of a of an A4, um, you know, description. We added onto that because we're never satisfied with what's required: a, a thirty second animation. Um, and then they gave an extra week, basically, after that. How do you think the design progressed or changed to the betterment or to the worse in that, in that extra week? I think uh, definitely to the, for the betterment. Um, I think at that point in time, we had a solid design um, and concept. Uh, and so that last little bit of the week, we were able to kind of do those fine-tune kind of elements. Um, like Robbie said, we didn't want to get too much in the weeds. Uh, and I think when you have too much time, sometimes you can do that. But I think it was just enough time to kind of get us to fine tune and finesse some of those key elements that were really important um, to kind of make it the submission that it needed to be. Was there an element of, you know, again, to, to put context around this, we were in the middle of transitioning from what is a typical work environment to a homework environment. Um, there's also the, you know, the human side of checking in on family and wanting to make sure that we're you know, contributing to, to stay at home and, and being safe. Um, was there an element of being able to, through all of, you know, the potential unknowns, being able to be part of, of a solution? Yeah, I, I think um, it, it certainly struck a different chord. I mean, I think if you were doing any other design competition, it maybe wouldn't have quite as much meaning. But I think the fact that we all felt like we were contributing something and, and doing something to, you know, help, help the cause. And, and it was, you know, honestly, as we talked through it, we're like, God, I'd really love to have one of these right now. This, <laughs> this would be so useful. I agree with that. Um, I think it was, I think that's what, and for me, was my join to the group. It was kind of this, um, how can we basically change the way we look at something that's pretty typical uh, and I thought that was a really interesting um, take for me. So that's one of the reasons why I joined the team. Um, but I agree with Robbie. Every, 
now my son, who, you know, is obviously always all around, he's like, keeps on asking me about Para. He's like, mom, so when is it going to happen? He's like, is it going to be in production? And I'm like, <laughs> slow down. But, um, but I think people are really, you know, we look for a solution. And I think we really thought about it really logically on, on how it could really come to fruition. And I think that was really key, too. All right. So then, Alexandra, tell me, you know, because there's a lot of different features, even in concept, to, to Para. What was one of your favorite features? One of my favorite features. So um, I would say I really liked the thought process of incorporating like the light, you know, like the washing the hands, because it's not only, you know, a hand sanitizer, but I think the whole importance of it is to retrain the thought of how we not only sanitize, but like clean properly our hands. And I think that's really important because you never realize like how, maybe how not long you washed your hands before this time period. Because I know every now and then like I'm counting. Um, so that was kind of a really nice feature. And I think for all ages, that little tiny thing um, would really help you know, making sure that something like this pandemic could maybe have uh, not been escalated as high as it could have. Yeah. Robbie, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think I think the light component um, was something that I continually thought about every time I washed my hands, this light, just like imagining in my head this light going around. <laughs> I think aside from that, I, the gesture, I feel like we, you know, we, we, we put a lot of thought into what the gesture would be. How would this thing be activated? Because um, I think right away that was kind of a, a one of those non-negotiables of like this thing has got to be gesture activated. We can't have like a, a button or something like it's it's got to be something that's high tech. And so we started thinking about it, and I honestly don't remember how it developed, but we came up with this idea of this kind of circular motion like that. And uh, so I it's, we decided that's the para dance, and so we were, <laughs> we were saying we needed like a little video of people doing the para dance. Coming soon to a YouTube channel near you, the Paradance. <laughs> exactly. That's going to be part three of this episode. <laughs> Got it. All right. So, you know, how, um, how has this changed, you know, how you approach kind of everyday projects, if you will, more of the everyday projects that aren't quick design? How does this experience change how you approach those or work in those? I think for me, um, it's just understanding, right, that, that design does benefit from a time frame, right? You know, I think that's really important um, to make sure you're not designing too much. Because sometimes you, as designers, we can do that. If you give us the time, we definitely will take it. Um, but understanding that sometimes, you know, um, if you put yourself in a parameter of, of a certain time frame, you know, you could come up with a really great idea. I think that was really key. But the other thing I think was collaboration. Um, this showed us how we can collaborate on so many different platforms, I think, um, which I think was really important. So not only for people who are not in the same office, but, you know, if I'm home with a sick kid but still need to work, you know, um, this is definitely something that is still doable in our in our day-to-day -day life. So, Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I think the, the biggest trap that we can fall into as designers is spinning our wheels <laughs> when we have too much time. And so I do think it's really important to, you know, challenge yourself every once in a while to just kind of like run through and knock something out in, you know, a week's time just to kind of really nail down. You know, a, lot of, a lot of designers will say that like the, your first idea, that gut kind of instinct is, is the best idea. 
Um, and you know, sometimes it's not, but um, I think when you're, when you're challenged with that short time frame, you sort of like run with that good idea and just, you know, you, you can make that idea the best um, possible concept it can be. So I think there's, there's an advantage to that and not just kind of continually going, going through and, okay, well, what about this concept and this concept and this concept? I, I think even with clients, like you, you don't want to give them too many <laughs> concepts because then it just makes their brain explode. So I think it's, you know, it's a good, it's a good practice. Well, okay then Robbie, just to, to start to wrap this up, you know, I, and it's an element of not only design sprints, but just in general, you know, we, we're never dragging our feet on the design process when we, when we've got a project, but with quick deadlines, you, it's, you have to have quick decisions. Um, how do how do you think, um, what, what do you think the best practices are for a team in dealing with conflicting ideas, but in a speedy manner? I think uh, it's important to have that that period of time where you're allowing everybody to you know throw something at the wall and you know not not reject anything you know too quickly, but just sort of like there there could be multiple things that 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 the team has brought up, and you can especially in a short period of time, like a, like a charrette or a brainstorm or something like that, start to piece those things together and weave them into a really solid design. So, um, yeah, I think, I think collaboration and just, uh, openness to ideas and, and not, you know, not being quick to, to squash anything is, is very important. Alexandra, anything to add? Um, I would kind of, it's along the same lines. I think one of the really important things is to make sure that all of your team members are heard. Um, which I think is really important. Just as a designer, you want your opinion, your um, ideas to be able to be laid out on the table or else um, if they're not heard, then you start kind of retracting those and not sharing as much. So you want to make sure that people on your team um, have the ability to be heard. And I think that's really important. And like Robbie said, what ends up happening is sometimes you morph multiple ideas into one, um, which then just becomes a, a more solid design concept. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining us and for kind of giving us a behind the scenes look into Para. Um, for those of you that are both on the audio and the video side, um, if you look in the description below, you'll get to see a link to paraware.com where you can kind of take a look at this for yourself. And for those of you on the video side, you've been able to see some of the, the different shots of Para in action. So um, thank you guys again, both for joining us. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Square and we'll catch you next time.